I was enraged. It was like my brain shut off and my fury took over. I leapt to my feet, reached back to take a haymaker-type swing, and landed a devastating punch on the wall. Milliseconds later, I was cradling my throbbing hand and whimpering in pain. I had left an impressive dent in the drywall, though, but that was little consolation. I'll tell you what set me off coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us as we seek to encourage and inspire one another to a deeper relationship with Jesus. I'm Patrick Conley. Let me start by saying that I rarely have fits of rage like the one I described, but there's one particular thing that seems to set me off far more readily and far more often than anything else. And for me, at least, that thing is technology, specifically when technology fails, when my laptop, my phone, or my printer doesn't do what it's supposed to do, especially if I happen to be under a deadline, which I'll admit I oftentimes am. Oof, I am never at my best in those situations. Anger rears its head in many forms. It can be fits of rage, like I've described, or just a slow, consuming burn. It can move us to acts of violence against things or even other people. When our anger is toward another person, we can use harsh, cutting words, acts of spite or vengeance, or even just give the silent treatment. Whatever our reaction, most of the time, our actions or words motivated by anger are far less than charitable. Today on The Inner Life, we're talking about anger and its effects. We'll explore different types and situations of anger, what the dangers are, and how to deal with it in a Christ-like manner. Guiding our discussion is our spiritual director for today, Father John Lococo. Father Lococo is the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and is studying canon law at the Catholic University of America. Father Lococo, welcome. Thanks for being with us. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very good. So, Father, I mean, maybe I'll just start off with a little bit of a personal question. How, how, do, how do you deal with anger how, when anger comes up in your life? <laughs> that's a good question. I, I think it's something that's developed over the years, which I, mean, I think we'd all hope for a maturation as we grow a little bit older. Right. An outlet for me early in my life was probably sports. I was in four sports a year and just was like, I had just all of this sort of interior emotional angst and rage that like a 17-year-old could have. It's like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go tackle that guy, you know, and it's, it's, it's legal on the football field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, as I think about it now, you know, just like as a priest and certainly um, as someone who I think I loved your, your opening, because some of those similar frustrations with technology and those things mm-hmm. in our life could disturb us. Um, I find that a, an honest examination daily and like really reflecting on it and being like, that was, that was misplaced anger. That was not a just moment. Um, that reflection and really just, as a penitent in the confessional time and again, confessing it, you begin to realize how futile it is. It never really leads to peace. Right. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, we're talking about anger and I think we need to be honest from the outset that, you know, anger, anger is an emotion. It's a response. It's a, it's a frustration of, you know, being, being upset, being uh, frustrated or angry at something is, is something that we're all going to encounter, right? I mean, it's not something that we are necessarily just going to say, well, if you do this, this, and this, you'll never be angry again. But uh, it's more along the lines of what do we do with it, right? Right, absolutely. And I think 
in as much as we're seeking to sort of cultivate an awareness of our own deficiencies and vices, seeing anger, not just as something that's responsive, but it's, it's really part and parcel, almost like a check engine light as a real like kind of surface level symptom of when things are, are really out of order, because it's not just the anger, it's that like desire for vengeance, for that correction, for something to be fixed, that desire for control. And we see pride sort of rearing its head again. And so anger is just one of many different ways in which we can be like, okay, there's something that's not right. And that's an invitation then at the deeper prayer, uh, an, an inv invitation for the Lord, really. Yeah. And I, and I love that that is a constant theme in our faith here on the show that we're always talking about how Jesus is always inviting us. There's always an invitation that's wrapped up in that. So great uh, that you point that out, Father. Our spiritual director today is Father John Lococo, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And we're talking about anger. When was a time when perhaps you had a moment like I did and you flew off the handle and maybe did something that you're not quite proud of in looking back on it, if you'd like to share that story, and then how you've grown, how you deal with anger now. We'd love to hear from you, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Father, you were talking about um, really doing a reflection and looking into it. And it, it occurs to me that when we're talking about anger, um, at least as I look back on that one particular episode that I just related, that um, I, I wasn't trusting. I mean, that was one of the things, at least, that was, was deficient in my own uh, action at the time, my own thoughts, my feelings, my actions at the time, is that I wasn't trusting that, you know, even though perhaps the printer wasn't printing what it was supposed to print <laughs> and I was under right. a deadline... I didn't trust that, you know, ultimately the Lord's got this. Do you think that that's a common thing with anger? Oh, absolutely. It's like we become so, so myopic in, in how we navigate the world. Where even just yesterday, I was paying for something at a grocery store and I paid in cash, right? And yeah. so I'm waiting for the change and then, you know, kind of putting it in my wallet and it's taking a sec. The guy behind me is just like literally groans and says, let's go. And I kind of really? wanted to turn to him and say, like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But we feel any encroachment, our own time, our own schedule, our own freedom, and how quickly things fall away. But our life is not our own. And everything that we experience in this world is a gift from the Lord. And so I just think like that mentality should be like, all of these are opportunities, right? It's just an opportunity. We see the spiritual life as a participation in all of these small crosses, right? In which the Lord's just inviting us to recognize that our life is not our own and we should be ordering it towards communion with him and sort of the saints who sort of rejoice in these small discomforts or things that sort of disturb their peace they they see it as a sign of god's care for them because it's an opportunity to grow in in closeness with them so i fail at that a lot right admittedly right. Wow. but i think what you're describing is absolutely true that's absolutely a frustration that people feel yeah well, Father, let's get into uh, the scriptures a little bit here. So in Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, um, Jesus gives this teaching. He says, You have heard that it was said of the men of old, You shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable to judgment. But I, this is Jesus again, say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, shall be liable to the hell of fire. Now take us into that a little <laughs> bit, Father. I mean... What's going on here? It seems like he's elevating uncharity or anger towards our brothers and sisters as something worthy of judgment. And why is he so concerned with this? I think he's so concerned because uh, like so many other things that he addresses in the moral life on the Sermon on the Mount, and I just encourage listeners maybe to just really turn to those two chapters, five, six, and seven, uh, or those three chapters from Matthew. Again, 
really beautiful in which he's not only sort of elevating our own sense of what the moral life demands, but kind of subverting expectations. You're like, who would it be to say that if I just say you fool, I'm judgment, I, I shall be liable to sort of hellfire. But I think it just shows the radical nature of the Lord's invitation and always is a really helpful hermeneutic to look at what the Lord's moral teaching is, I think is to return to the rich young man. He's like, Lord, I'm observing these commandments. I'm living in accord with you. I'm, I'm doing all of these things that show that I am righteous and I'm trying to be obedient to your will. And the Lord, and in that moment, instead of sort of kind of consoling him, he invites him to something deeper. Like he's mm -hmm. always demanding more, not because he rejoices in these acts that appear to the world as being demanding or tyrannical, but he actually knows that this is what will set our hearts free, that in as much as we live in accord with his will, and as much as we elevate moral teaching in our lives far beyond what our Lord's addressing here basically is expanding on Exodus and Deuteronomy's prohibition against murder. Like he's taking it to like those of you who have committed adultery, I say to you, you've lessened your heart if you uh, right. uh, if you lessen your mind, you've lessened your heart. So we see our Lord sort of taking these different avenues, but I think what it exposes in the moral life is the beatitudinal way as the goal that we sort of can look at the, the, the moral life as these four levels that I'm either a totally vicious person, or I'm a vicious person who knows what's good, but can't choose it. Or I know what's good. I can choose it, but I sort of resent having to choose it. And friends, that's where we find ourselves most of the time, mm. grumbling as we do the things that we mm -hmm. feel the church and our Lord is asking us to do. But then that fourth step, and that's what makes sense of all of these teachings from our Lord is, yes, to be able to recognize that the beatitude in a way, that blessed are those who do these following things, that they're able to sort of know what's good, choose what's good, and then they rejoice in doing what's good. And that's the freedom that our Lord is outlining for us and is teaching today. But he's saying, if you'll be liable to hell, hellfire if you do these things, he knows that this invitation is, is a difficult teaching. All of these are, but he's really drawing us into a place of, of true freedom. And that's what he wants to address. We're not free when we sin. We're not happy when we sin. And yet that's uh, especially uh, when we're thinking about just kind of riding out our anger or, or maintaining it, that there's a... I, it seems like it's so fostered in our society today. I mean, there's there's numerous talks about the partisanship, um, about the divisions that exist in our society today that uh, were certainly, at least in my own observations, I would say um, over the past few decades has, has increased fairly sharply. And uh, so anger seems to be so pervasive in our society today. And um, and yet Jesus, I, I love the fact that you, what you said, Father, that Jesus is inviting us into a freedom there. I mean, he is he is getting us into freedom. So in what ways, maybe just outline a little bit more, Father, about how anger can be a prison. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's something that sort of, as Aquinas would sort of note, is at least at the outset, chiefly united with grief and sorrow, right? Because what Thomas would say is that when we experience anger, and I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing here, um, that what we're experiencing is a frustration that things are not the way that they should be, right? Mm -hmm. And that below that sort of symptom of anger is like a grieving process that's ongoing, right? And so he addresses this in some of his questions in the Summa. Um, so we're like experiencing that grief and that anger, if it continues, can take root and and sow a false seed of a hope of vengeance, right? right? And so he says sorrow is is really united with anger at the beginning. 
And that's such a limiting component then. It's like, I'm, I'm recognizing, and certainly as I navigate the world, and even in my own heart, to be like, when I'm feeling anger, what's the deeper frustration that's going on here? And there's so many ways in which I think if you did an examination, just to those listening, of those moments in the last month in which you've been truly angry, right, and expressed that anger, or maybe just interiorly, like, how fruitful was that? What, yeah. Did anything actually right. come from it? And the Lord's the Lord's invitation here, it's not like a very sort of nuanced spiritual exercise to go through and be like, oh, okay, I was angry, and then I acted on it, and guess what? Things got worse. The Lord would tell us very simply, yeah, look at the fruit of that tree planted, you know, planted in, in the sort of heat of passion. It's not going to be something that's sustaining. And we see ways in which we meet people who are chronically angry are almost, there seems to be like a physical or psychosomatic reality to that anger that they're stooped low and their teeth grinding and they're frustrated. And it seems as if their body resonates that internal disposition. It You see the disorder, right? And so we feel that in our own way, when I get anger, I tense up. And when I tense up, I get headaches. And when I get headaches, I get frustrated. You know, it just sort of builds and mounts. I actually think mindfulness of our anger and how we process it is such a great avenue in the spiritual life because the Lord's response, what Paul reminds us is, the Lord is the one who sows the spirit of peace in our hearts. And so anger is just one of those first ways in which the evil one seeks to disrupt uh, the peace that the Lord has given us. Yeah. Our spiritual director today, Father John Lococo, and we are speaking about anger. Is there a time in your life that you have wrestled with anger and perhaps you've overcome it or at least seen that uh, your response to anger has grown more and more Christ-like? Give us a call and encourage and inspire one another. 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Jackie who's calling in from New York. Jackie, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. My question is, is anger ever justified? Uh, I will give you a scenario. My I was married for 32 years, and my husband just one day woke up and said, I'm not happy anymore, and he left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I put up with a lot of infidelities throughout our whole marriage, and I'm very angry and feel very betrayed, and he's happy now, and I'm not. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with that with that anger? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that question. Just my sympathies and prayers for you as you continue to navigate that situation. Absolutely. I mean, our Lord sort of manifests anger on a couple of occasions, and even we see him, uh, I would say, uh, condition the anger of, of James and John as they seek to call down fire upon others, that we see a righteous anger, and, and really anger can be righteous in as much as it helps us recognize and regard an injustice in society. Um, And we should have a sort of degree of anger because it helps us identify when something is unhealthy, when something is not the way that it should be. And so your response to sort of look at your marriage, to look at your relationship and say, I feel anger towards this. I think that's a very sort of well-ordered response to say, this isn't the way that it should be, right? That the promises that we made to each other in the exchange of our consent at our marriage like this isn't being borne out and and I'm feeling that anger now experiencing that and then the ways in which we sort of act upon it. So because of this, I'm going to gossip about my husband or I'm going to speak ill of him or I'm going to foment false truths of him or I'm going to seek to exact revenge or vengeance upon him. Um, Ephesians says, if you're angry, let it be without sin. Right. And so we have to recognize that our our reaction and our response to that anger, even in, in acknowledging something that's an injustice 
And we could pick something, I think, even more sort of obvious. We feel like abortion or poverty or corruption and war. We see that and we're angry that it exists and occurs, right? Our response can't be then to sort of meet that with hostility and revenge to seek to destroy or this sort of false uh, teaching of like an eye for an eye. And the Christian's invitation into sort of a meekness in our response, I think, is the most helpful way. And so just as a to close to that example, I would say importantly, just recognizing the invitation to um, pray for those. Our Lord says, how easy is it to love our friends? I say to you, love your enemies. And so an invitation to pray for, in a particular way, others come to a place of, of understanding. Mm. I'm sure you're not alone, Jackie. I'm sure others listening right now can identify with the experience that you just related. So we will certainly hold you and all those who have experienced the uh, a spouse who has walked out or abandoned uh, in, in the midst of difficulties, or maybe it was just uh, in the midst of a regular life, what seemed like regular life. We will pray for you, uh, certainly. Our spiritual director today is Father John Lacoco. As we're speaking about anger, uh, how do we deal with anger? Maybe you have a question for Father about, uh, I'm in this specific situation, like Jackie suggested. What do I do? What do I do in this in this situation in order not to lash out in sin? Give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but there's more to come, so stay with us. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com forester, an Illinois life insurance society. Not available in all states. Buenos dias and welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Of course, it is Cinco de Mayo, so Feliz Cinco de Mayo to all of our Mexican listeners, those who are listening with Mexican heritage. Keep on shining that light of Christ that you have done so well for so many centuries. Keep on shining that light. Uh, We really need it, and uh, we rely on your prayers and thoughts, so happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, We are talking today with our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, about anger. What do we do with anger when it comes up in our lives? How do we deal with that? And Father, I was thinking maybe we could just throw out a couple of hypotheticals that um, are probably not hypothetical for most people, at least at some time or other in their lives, (laughs) about when people get angry. Um, One of the common ones that I uh, experience and hear about from friends and relations is uh, in traffic, for example. Mm. Um, Traffic can be a hard place. So we're sitting there in our car and uh, somebody cuts us off or we're not moving and we need to get somewhere. Any suggestions or thoughts as to what to do in that moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned one that I struggle with. So this hits particularly close to home. Um, I think in those moments, like when we're responding to these things, we're like, okay, I'm angry, I'm lustful, I'm slothful, or we're naming these capital sins. It could be really tempting when we're in the confessional, when we accuse ourselves, we receive the penance, like our examination and our, or first our act of contrition, we're offering this resolution to amend our life. And how rarely do we actually take that initiative in our own lives? And I say this as a fellow sinner, right? To actually like affect that change. So one of those things that I've recognized in my life is I get angry in traffic when it's going to make me late. And so one yeah. of the things I've, I try to be very proactive about 
is trying to leave earlier for things. And that's when I'm speeding and then somebody doesn't move off the line. And if they don't yep. move off the line, I'm mad that they're not moving quickly enough. It's like, well, because I don't want to be late. And so actually the Lord's like, here, this is a very simple response. You need to be more disciplined and leave on time. But also recognizing, you know, as Paul writes in his letter uh, in, te- in 1 Timothy, right? It's like, you man of God, you have to pursue righteousness, devotion, faith. And then I love these three, love, patience, and gentleness. Right. And as you know, reading an article about that, just really highlighting that patience is a critical part of it to sort of cultivate patience in that really difficult moment means that we have to seek to cultivate it in all of these other moments in our lives. And so you can be very, very, uh, I think, creative in your own spiritual life. You're checking out at the grocery store. Yeah. Take the longest line. You want to drive through the bank drive through. Why don't you go in? You know, do things to sort of inconvenience ourselves so that when we're inconvenienced, we're not sort of losing our mind. As I was getting off of a plane last week, coming home from a Eucharistic mission, I'm in row 33, right? And I'm sitting next <laughs> to somebody who stands up right away. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked at him and he looked at me and he's like, Father, this is going to take a long time. I was like, yeah, just relax. We're not going anywhere. And it took 25 minutes for the whole plane to the plane. <laughs> and just, I think just sort of like, sometimes acknowledging like, I'm going to be late. Okay, well, that's all right. I can move forward from that. And that patience right. is really an antidote for that. Right. I, I love the I love the uh, just the the thought of that, of, of inconveniencing ourselves in order to start building that patience, um, you know, because I'll be honest, frequently I pray for patience. Right. And uh, it which is a I'll admit it's a hard prayer to pray because uh, the Lord usually answers that prayer <laughs> by right. putting me in situations where patience is needed and therefore patience is going to build. And I see the limits of my own patience. But I like the I like the idea of taking the initiative ourselves and saying, "All right, so I'm going to take the longer line. I'm going to make myself mm. wait." Um, I love that, Father. That's great, great thoughts there. When we when we get angry in traffic, another uh, place, and it's I would say in some ways it's related to kind of the traffic thing, or at least especially the being late thing, is um, when expectations change, mm. kind of uh, last minute or you know just in the blink of an eye. That is one of the places where I can get uh, thrown off. Like you know, I have a certain expectation about how my day is going to go. And then something, something happens where suddenly the whole, everything is up in the air. Right. And so it's completely different. I can get angry there. Uh, any thoughts on, on those types of things or, or how, what you might do in that kind of situation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I kind of live this conflicted reality as like the Mediterranean Sicilian background mirrored with my majority German background that at times I want (laughs) things to be like very organized in as much as they're, you know, let's just figure it out as we go. So I kind of want to be dynamic, but at times I like that schedule. And so when those expectations aren't met, um, it can be really difficult. Again, I think in our spiritual lives, just if we sort of take more of a 30,000 foot view, at times, if we can acknowledge like, well, should I walk out into traffic today? Well, no, of course not. Well, if the Lord loves me, he'll protect me. He's all powerful, all knowing and all good. Well, Father, that would that would be a bad idea. I usually ask high schoolers this. Why? Well, because he's given us a rational will and an intellect. We don't have to sit on the sideline, the spiritual life. In fact, the Lord is giving us the grace so as we might cooperate with him. And so again, with those expectations, I just think for me, it begins with that morning offering. It's like, like you say, like you're praying for patience. It's like, I'm praying for the Lord to like make himself known and the Lord does not make, we can't schedule the Holy spirit. So often when I feel those disruptions, 
it's like, okay, I sat down. I've got an hour to get work done. I've got to, you know, you mentioned working on the candle law. I've got homework. I got to get done. And then mm -hmm. somebody knocks on the door of right. the house or they come to the seminary and they say, hey, Father, can we talk about priesthood? And in those moments, you just sort of want to say to yourself, be like, I got to get this work done. But then you realize just how life-giving that encounter can be. And so, friends, I just invite you to maybe meditate on like a deep reality that we often forego in our life because those, those expectations being overturned often are a like a human reality. If we recognize Christ imprinted on the hearts of those baptized who we encounter in our life, right? We see them, a brother and sister in Christ, as another Christ come to us, right? It's for this reason, like in Benedict's rule, he says you should prostrate yourself before the stranger, for it's the stranger Christ who comes to you. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, it's like, okay, if I just didn't see people in my life as inconveniences, and yet so often they are. We're standing in traffic, a long line at the grocery store. It's like, would but we would have a better reminder of God's presence in the hearts of all that he has created, which is good. And so I'll just say, and as a caveat to all this, it's not like I've got it all figured out. I'm working on all these things. But just to say, like, that's a great place to sort of turn your attention. It's like, do I actually see God's, God's presence in the heart of people that I just sort of meet in the world? All right. Again, our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, studying canon law at the Catholic University of America. Do you have, we're speaking about anger, so do you, if you have a time in your life that you have uh, dealt well with anger, we'd love to hear your testimony. We won't see it as boasting. We'll see it as God working in and through you. Give us a call and tell us what happened. 888 Or maybe you know someone who has overcome anger, made significant strides forward in dealing with anger issues. Give us a call and tell us that story, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. All right, Father, so um, I just want to wade into this uh, gently here, but um, it also seems like one of the things that uh, many, many media institutions do right now is that they make their buck off of making other people angry. Um, and, and that's from, you know, all sides, all political spectrum, you know, all over the place. And I'm not asking for calls on I'm really teed off at so and so about this or at this political party about that. But what I am is what I am curious about is in this kind of fostering of of anger, you know, this is what you should be angry about. And it seems like there's a lot of people telling us what we should be angry about these days. How how do we how do we navigate that? I mean, as faithful Catholics looking to follow after the Lord. Uh, what do we do to deal with that? You know, I, I think in a particular way, I think you're right. I mean, when I, when I was teaching high school, the students were almost astounded that like, I, I mentioned one day, I was like, you know, people didn't used to ask you about your politics. In fact, that was rude. Right. right. It's like, yep. someone's saying like, yeah, father, who'd you vote for? I'm, I'm astounded. I get asked that like just all the time, especially like when I was in the parish during the election cycles, just like, I, I would never think to ask anyone that. And now it's become something where just we live in this such an online age in which we're like simultaneously increasingly anonymous. Like we cringe when we hear the, the phone ring or the doorbell ring, but then also like very, very public and very open. And we have to sort of navigate these two things. And I think in an age in which, you know, clicks and views are sort of predicated on the most salacious and interesting and browbeating sort of headline that we can have, um, there's a real amount of prudence we have to exercise in how we expose ourselves to this. So that, that would kind of be my first response is, there's a difference between sticking your head in the sand and being like, well, I'm just not gonna worry about these things. I mean, there are a lot of very troublesome things. 
Um, but I'll often get emails from people I've never met before and they find my email because it's on our website because I'd like candidates to reach out about the priesthood. I'll get emails for random articles about things that someone did in some diocese halfway across the world, you know, something some bishop said or did. And my response to them is always like, this, this does not concern my life. So I do think that there's a way in which, just in a real practical sense, and I hear in the confessional and out, like we feel so obligated to be emotionally invested in every headline and every moment. Right. And if only we would take that emotional investment and turn it to the Lord. Mm. Um, and that is the paradigm that we sort of see things through. So I'm not saying we just, well, let's go live in a cabin in the middle of, of, of Appalachia. That sounds great, by the way. Um, and if you can do that, or if you're listening from your ham radio and you can, you are doing that, I, I, God bless you. But I think for the rest of us who are sort of trying to navigate living in the world and not being of the world, um, it just begins from a place of, of, of prudent sort of consumption of, of media and these things. Do I need to be reading these things, you know, and to be really mindful of like, okay, every night before bed, I scroll through whatever for half an hour and 45 minutes and I become incensed and enraged. Then I don't right. sleep well. And then I don't get up and do my morning offering or I don't go to mass. And then I'm mad and, you know, it's just, it just sets things off. And so I would just say, do a real honest self-examination. That would be a good place to begin. Yeah, very good. Good advice, Father. Thank you for that. Father John Lococo, our spiritual director today, talking about anger. Let's go back to the phones now. We've got Jamie who's calling in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jamie, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that I was always a bad uh, anger person when I was driving. Um, mm. I'd give people the finger and cut them off and different things. And um, years ago, I had prayed to give my life over to Jesus. And about two days after that, all of a sudden I noticed that I was not yelling at people and um, it had just changed my driving habits without even asking. Um, you know, I'm not a perfect driver by any means now, but I'm so much better than I was, and it was just a gift given to me. Yeah, amen, and and God bless you just for that that invitation from the Lord. I do think sometimes, you know, to that to that anecdote, we're all looking for the easy way out. Like, I want to be less angry. I want to be more charitable. I want to be generous. I want to be all these things. And the church is like, great, you need to pray, fast, and give alms. And we're like, yeah, but just not that way. Yeah. You know, I want, I, I want the shortcut. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who he struggled with swearing all the time. And so he made the conviction one morning. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? He had just joined seminary. He had a bad habit. And he's like, I'm going to offer our father Hail Mary for everyone I did. He's like, you know, the first day I did 76 of them. I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, uh -huh. the next day I did 23. And he said, by day three, I was done. And I haven't sworn since. So just wow. like that was hard work. Right. And he threw himself into that work. And so it's just a reminder that sometimes it's like, yeah, we should pray and fast. That will help that we overcome evil by doing good, that the letter to the Romans tells us. And I think sometimes we forget that. Very good call, Jamie. Thank you for telling us your testimony. If you have a testimony about uh, something you've done to help alleviate situations of anger or to deal well when anger, anger arises in your life, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Manny, who's calling in from San Francisco. Manny, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me up. Uh, I recently had an episode with anger, and uh, I, you know, I, I've been going to, to, to I, I go to Southern Sea, and I've been praying a lot, you know, mm -hmm. every morning, and I feel like that's really, you know, curved that anger when I have those episodes, and I, you know, typically I'm not a very 
angry person. You know, I'm a very calm and chill person. I, I, I think I believe, <laughs> but, um, mm. you know, I just came across this, this episode and it just, uh, I think I put so high expectations on individuals within my community and, and I just, uh, I guess I was, I was setting myself up because, you know, we're human. We're all prone to error and, mm-hmm. you know, sin at any given day where, you know, so I need to not put myself in a situation where, you know, mentally I'm going to hurt mm-hmm. myself, you know, by having these high expectations. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. prayer helps me a lot. And, you know, I've been doing a, uh, you know, at night also with my kids, when I put them down, me and my wife, we pray and it's, uh, it's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks be to God. And I think you provide, right, like the honest antidote. When I think about how we overcome these things, just daily mental prayer is such an important piece of it. Just like that time to be silent because we feel comfortable in that space of silence because we always feel like we have to have an answer. And I, for me as an extrovert, that certainly is like a great difficulty for me. It's like I'm always got to give a response, always got to give a response. But I remember one of my first times, um, my first years as a priest, uh, a couple whose wedding I witnessed, uh, tragically, the husband died six months to the day afterwards. And I remember going into the house and you're in this room of 20 people and this young woman whose husband has just died and their life looks so, the potential was just so manifest. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? You know, and then realizing and receiving a grace from the Lord, like nothing. I prayed with them and I sat with them. There was, there's no words to sort of offer that context. And so I say that in terms of like, working within our anger, I think I think our caller is right. Um, that silence that we can cultivate through mental prayer, even even in the midst of like normal conversation, or like, I have the answer, I'm going to say it. Yeah, let's have someone else say. It's like kind of taking the long line at the grocery store again, right? I'm going to let someone else be the person who knows. Learning to be comfortable being silent helps us because then when we are tempted to react in vengeance, in anger to somebody, it reminds us to turn it to the Lord in prayer and to depend on him and to not be discouraged and to embrace sort of that invitation to hope in the resurrection and to not hope in restoring our own version of justice. And so I think you're right. Just mental prayer, just as a practice every day is so good for that. Yes, Manny, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate the testimony. If you have a story like Manny's that uh, prayer has really helped you in dealing with anger, or if there's another way that you've uh, dealt with anger that has moved you into a deeper relationship with the Lord, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Alice, who's calling in from Austin, Texas. Alice, welcome to the program. Good afternoon or morning, whichever it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not been married 22 years my husband he is a republican i'm a democrat and he has very bad anger issues Mm -hmm. and he's on the computer he'll uh you know curse at it quite a bit and i'm like hey uh i can hear you uh and when he talks bad about a democrat i'm like you know you're talking about me aren't you (laughs) you know and it just seems to not fade away no matter how much I pray on it. How do I deal with this? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd, if I can ask a follow-up, in other instances of anger not related to sort of political discourse, are you guys able to navigate that as a couple? No, not really. Um, so so it's um, not just related to the political difference, it's just anger within the marriage? Yes, correct. Um, I'm very, very religious. I'm a religious education teacher. 
I told mm-hmm. him I wouldn't marry him unless he was Catholic and, and practicing. And of course, he just goes to shut me up. And then, you know, another year later, he'll go again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think in an important way, like when, when we feel those sort of like a disparity in terms of worldview or first principles or some things as it relates to like a political view, for example, um, I think what we've lost in sort of the modern political discourse is a recognition of like that common end, right? And in fact, that one of those speeches from uh, Tucker Carlson that went around the internet, I, I, I happened to cut, catch a couple minutes of it. And he talked about this like common goal that like people have. And I've been reflecting on that. Like when we enter into discourse with one another, are we even able to identify the common end? And so the frustration that we have in politics or with local leaders or within our own church or church leaders or things, even just within the family, like the discussions and the disputes that you and your husband might have. I think a good place to begin from is like, what are we both actually trying to achieve? Because I also imagine that you love this person. You've been, you know, married to him for over 20 years, spent a lot of life shared together. And so I'd hazard to say that there's much more in common than not. And finding that common ground is really a good place to begin, especially when navigating a lot of the uncertainty and what's unknown. I think as his wife, you are well within your rights to call him to a place of virtue when it comes to swearing and raising his voice as he is with you. And I would encourage you in those moments to practice that gentleness and that patience. It's very easy to respond to the same level of intensity with somebody's anger with our own. Instead, it can be very disarming to respond with meekness that the, that the church invites us to have. In fact, our Lord and his Beatitudes invites us to have. Um, that the meekness is a great antidote to anger that we might encounter. And it's not like an indifference of some sort of like temperament that we, that we sort of like um, have cultivated for ourselves, but it's, it's bearing wickedness and evil, right? Enduring the evils of this life. So that notion of an endurance without gossiping or murmuring or inflicting any vengeance is very good. And so my advice for you is really to sit with in your own prayer. Uh, how have I practiced meekness, right? And that's not being sort of submissive, but like how have I cultivated really the gospel value of meekness in my relationship with him? And then inviting that into a space in which when you two have disputes, practicing that meekness, that gentleness, and that patience. We're praying for you, Alice, and for your husband as well. Hope that uh, things can, hope that helps. So thank you, Father Lococo, and hope that uh, things will continue to turn more to the Lord. So thank you for calling in. Appreciate that. We got more to come on anger here on The Inner Life. If you do have a story about how you've dealt with anger successfully in your life, how the Lord has worked through you to uh, to lessen a response, an angry response in certain situations, give us a call, 888-914-9149. We'll be right back after this. Today, we'd like to thank Priscilla, who is listening in California, for donating her Pontiac Firebird. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life and happy Cinco de Mayo. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engeser, young Tomatillo. It's <laughs> uh, taking your phone calls as well as we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo here. And today on the show, we're talking about anger. What are good ways of dealing with anger with our spiritual director, Father John Lococo, 
Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And Father, we just had a, an email come in. Anonymous says she used to drive three hours one, one way, four days a week, but it was only 52 miles away. So uh, she says she spent a lot of time stopped in traffic. And one thing oh she found gosh. helpful, yeah, <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear the stress level rising, right? <laughs> but one thing she says she found helpful was looking around at the drivers around her and praying individually for them. Um, and I, I just think, wow. um, I just think that that's such, I mean, it humanizes our situation, right? Like you were saying earlier that it, it points out that these are not inconveniences to me. These are other human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And just a reminder of the saints who walk among us, right? I'm just like to, to yeah. sit through three hours of traffic four days a week. And your response is, I'm going to pray for every Pontiac that drives by me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, right. I need it. She, hopefully she's prayed for me because I need it. Oh, that's so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, that may be heroic virtue right there. Yeah, man, we yeah. might be going that way. Right, very good. Uh, let's go back to the phones now. We've got a Ed who's been waiting patiently from Vallejo, California. Ed, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Oh, good morning and many blessings. Uh, here's what I do. Like, we'll use traffic for an example. I'll yeah. listen to Catholic radio and I'll say a rosary and pray. And then I'll also ask myself, what would Jesus do? And that's what I do, you know, even in other circumstances. I ask, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, sometimes the simplest of responses are just a mindfulness of Christ's presence and his invitation to share in his life. And it's kind of difficult to think of Jesus sort of like muscling his way up the line to get baptized by John. I'm sure he patiently waited as well, you know. And so it's a beautiful image. It's a Lord amongst the people. And we, participating in Christ, are now... Now, now salt and leaven and light amongst the people of this world. So it's a great invitation for us to saintliness. Hmm. Yeah, great, great suggestion, Ed. Thank you for that. I'm glad it's working for you. I'm glad that there's uh, some fruit that's being born in your life because of uh, utilizing these practices. It's a great thing. If you have a way that you are dealing with anger and you're seeing fruit from that way in your own life, give us a call and let us know what it is. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Father, you've mentioned a couple times meekness, and I think in our society, which as I was saying before, it almost projects anger as power, or you know that seems to be a power play in some ways. Mm -hmm. And if you're angry, then you're powerful. But in a situation or in a, in a mindset like that, I think then meekness can be viewed as weakness. But of course, I don't think that's actually what we understand meekness to be as Catholics. Can you define meekness for us and, and give us examples of what it looks like? Yeah, sure. I think the meekness, you know, and our Holy Father speaks about it on a number of occasions, right? Um, meekness is is basically modeled so perfectly in our Lord during his passion. It's like if we look at Peter's account of it as a virtue to cultivate, it's like Jesus returning no insult, offering no threat, and said, handing himself over to be judged justly, that the meek are really those who know and trust in God and his plan for their lives. That like, if we know and trust in those things, we are able to sort of abide in his presence and respond, you know, with great, with great charity uh, towards any sort of change in expectation or difficulty that might surmount. And so if we think about like a child, for example, young children, especially, are wholly unaware of really what's happening to them, you know, in as much as like the parents are like, we're getting dressed, we're going to church, we're going on vacation, we're going to the store. And you think of the toddler, the two-year-old or something sitting in the shopping cart. Um, 
they're not going to sort of recognize the length of a line or some sort of produce that might be absent that might sort of frustrate their parents and make them upset. They're simply, they know and they trust in the relationship with their parent and their parent mm -hmm. is there. And so no matter the circumstance, it doesn't matter to them. It's all sort of an equivalent, right? So the, the meek are not simply those who are cowards who are weak or some sort of indifference, right? Um, the meek are those who inherit the earth, right? And so that inheritance requires like a docility and a real vulnerability. Um, and it's, and it's real, um, receptive sort of in nature and sort of ways in which we can recognize our trust in the Lord. That's where meekness is, is so, so very important for our lives where a violent reaction is just a response to kind of what you noted earlier, expectations not being met. But if we truly trust in the Lord and we can see kind of a little bit more of his plan for our lives, when things change, it doesn't change the course of our own sort of like eternal desire to be with him. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you, Father, for that. Let's go back to the phones now. Charlotte is calling in from Wisconsin. Charlotte, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Yes, thank you for allowing me to speak. I've noticed as Father spoke that mm. actually anger is something reflecting on you and, and your inability. And sometimes when you calm yourself down and just listen, you may hear things that you have is a problem. And for me, I live with my daughter and I go, wow, I didn't know that her aggravating, the way she aggravates me, it's, you know, we're politically different too. It, it's sure. me that I'm learning the most about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. You know, if we've, we've talked about some of these are sort of responses to sort of have meekness to have gentleness and patience and a lot of it is just the fruit of that daily communion with the lord and our prayer at mass and our devotionals and i think you're right the more that we grow in that awareness of him the more we grow in that self-awareness so when we see anger and this is what i mean by trying to like use our sins as as let them not be wasted opportunities and what i mean by that is when you make that examination of conscience when you consider those sins you're like you know i really struggle with xyz sin or think about the last few confessions, you're like, yeah, I've confessed that sin every time. What's really underneath the surface there? And I think you're right to sort of share that, like, yeah, anger is exposing something about me, some some unsteadiness or uncertainty, a lack of trust in him and his plan and a lack of awareness of his presence in the heart of others. And so we can use our own self-examination to see where the Lord's inviting us into a place of real growth and renewal. Great insight, Charlotte. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Let's go down to Terry, who's calling in from Redwood City, California. Terry, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Um, just calling to ask some advice to help my um, non-Catholic spouse. He has a lot on his plate. Um, he's been angry for a number of years. And all the things you said to Charlotte, um, I've tried to apply to myself, and I try not to be defensive when my husband is angry. But I'm just looking for something that I can maybe use to help him because he's not in touch with God and it's hard for him. Can you just repeat the end of that again? I'm sorry. Oh, he is not in touch with God and it's really hard for him. And all of the things you said to Charlotte, I've tried to apply to myself to not be defensive when he gets angry and try to be yeah. understanding. But he just needs some directions and help. I, I love to help him. He's, he's just kind of putting a wall up and he's yeah. still angry. <laughs> You know, absolutely. You know, and, and I think 
that that's a real and true frustration in particular because we acknowledge that things are going to be received according to the mode of the receiver and so praying for that personal disposition so there's a way in which we we know that god's grace can break through and and change and soften even the hardest of hearts but also there has to be that like cooperation there has to be that desire and so two things that we can do for that is just offer our prayers right that their hearts might be softened to receive the lord's invitation for a renewal but also uh just manifest that joy and peace in our own lives like we forget in so many ways that part of our own response as those who are to share in the work of procl proclamation and, and evangelization is not just to give a catechetical instruction right and i would say very rarely is that solely present as something that confirms and converts hearts instead we're sharing the effect of god's grace in our life right here's where the lord has broken through here's the joy that i have here's the peace that we that we sort of receive and i think time and again especially in my time teaching the high school it was the hypocrisy of, of of children brought to mass by parents who struggled in a number of things and they're saying why would i want to share in this faith when it seems to absent so much peace and joy in their life and so those two things joy and then manifesting uh manifesting uh joy and peace and then sort of just praying for them is just a place i'd invite you to continue to turn to and pray for that same perseverance and patience in your own life and thank you, Terry, for the call. And it's certainly that it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I mean, in those situations, nobody's saying that it's easy. But like you said earlier, Father, it's uh, we we all want the shortcut, but uh, really the the slogging it out, the doing the hard work of it, is where we see some real growth and real fruit in our lives. So so grateful for that, Father. We're down to about our last minute before we ask you for your blessing. But uh, just in closing, wondering if um, if there's some specific way that uh, we were frustrated or if we're dealing with anger in our lives, um, what what's one thing that you might suggest that we can do yet today? Yeah, absolutely. I I just think invite Our Lady into uh, into that work of redemption and renewal, especially as it relates to anger speaking from a personal capacity, but also to those I've ministered to uh, in my years in the parish and elsewhere, that sort of Our Lady, not only is this sort of paradigm of purity, but also like just this pure experience of the other. She's always able to be so disposed to the needs of the other and respond to these different expectations. And so I just find her a great healing salve and model for us and guide in our spiritual lives. And so just to maybe sit with some of those Marian devotions, whichever one you enjoy most, as an avenue to peace in your own heart. And it is the month of May. What a great month to do that, the very thing. And Father, thank you for being our spiritual director. May we have your blessing, please. Absolutely. Holy Spirit, enlighten us, strengthen us, so that we know and understand our call, who we are and what we should do, and what the Lord is inviting us into. May Almighty God bless and keep you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father John Lococo has been our spiritual director today as we've been talking about anger and what to do with anger in our lives. If you missed any part of the program, check out the show page at RelevantRadio.com and uh, you can listen to all our past episodes there. Coming up next, of course, we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, so stick around for that. Monday, we're going to be talking about life as Christian adventure. Hope you can join us for that. Have a great weekend. In the meantime, grace and peace.